Hello and welcome to episode number 510 of Holy Crap It's Sports for a Wednesday afternoon. A little overcast and cold, 50 degrees the high today. I mean, I, I can't remember it being this cold this soon before, um, or this soon after Halloween. They're already in a Christmas mood. At least we're not Buffalo. Buffalo's expecting at least three feet of snow for their game this weekend. <laughs> oh, that would be fun. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy watching that one. Hopefully we'll be able to see it here in Atlanta. But anyway, we've got lots to talk about. My name is Pete Davis. This is Holy Crap at Sports. Thank you very much for listening. I always do appreciate that. And thanks to everybody who's been going on Venmo. Uh, you can just scan the code that I put up every now and then or just, you know, Go to uh, PayPal, look up Camera Show, or uh, Patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Just look up Holy Crap at Sports if you'd like to send a little moolah. Really do appreciate it. You can always write me, PeteDavis1 at Yahoo.com, and I can send you the Venmo uh, QR code that you just scan and uh, you go from there. It's very simple, very easy if you feel like supporting the show, and I really do appreciate that. Thank you very much. Also, uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, what a follow it is, PeteDavis1. All right, we got that out of the way. Let's get to it. Uh, headlines for Wednesday, November 16th, the 2022. Oh, before I forget, if you want a T-shirt, go to uh, farmhouseprintingco.com for all your T-shirt and printing needs. And holy crap, it's sports T-shirts, drink up Shriners. Hey, Christmas is coming. And if you want to do stuff for your family, this is a good time to do it. Uh, and I forgot to mention this on the Kimmer Show today. If you mention the Kimmer Show podcast and when you uh, contact farmhouseprintingco.com, uh, you get 10% off on a lot of stuff. So check it out. And I forgot to mention that on the Kimmer Show today. Eric's going to kill me. Anyway, uh, we're going to talk about more about that shooting at the University of Virginia. Uh, while I take that, I, here's another broadcasting tip, boys and girls. Never eat a handful of almonds before you go on the air. <clears throat> Almonds will dry out your throat. Anyway, I only had bacon for breakfast. I literally ate like eight strips of bacon for breakfast. That's all I've eaten today, and it's uh, 3.43 in the afternoon, so I had to eat something. I put some almonds in my mouth, and that was a mistake. Um, What are we drinking today? i got to wash the almonds down, so let's go. It's too early for eggnog still, even though everybody has it out. Let's just drink some... um, Oh, God, I don't know. We'll wash it down with some... um, Old Overholt Rye Whiskey. Let's just shoot for that today. Anyway, the College Football Playoff Committee stays put in their top five. uh, And they're right about their top five, except they have a couple teams in the wrong position. Uh, Georgia loses a recruit. An NFL player is suing the league, ESPN, and others for his injury on the field. And you know what? I think he's right. Falcons head coach Arthur Smith says there is no quarterback controversy. Mm-hmm. Chris Mad Dog Russo goes off on Bill Cower. Brian Snicker gets screwed as the Braves make another trade, and the Hawks play the Celtics tonight. By the way, that Braves trade is not what got Snicker screwed. Former player Tim Hardaway has put in his foot in his mouth, like I just did. Former player Tim Hardaway has put his foot in his mouth again. Okay, uh, I think this is senior Hardaway, not junior, but I don't. Pete's tweets this day in sports history, birthdays. If I had a staff, I'd have them look it up. All right, let's start with the Braves here. Not only did uh, Snit not win the National League Manager of the Year award last night, here's what galls me. He came in third. It's bad enough he lost to the Mets skipper Buck Showalter, who up until September deserved the award, but after that, no. Uh, Showalter blew a 10-and-a-half game lead to lose the division to the Braves and Snicker. But Bryant also came in behind Dodgers manager Dave Roberts. What? 
Roberts, who leads a team with the highest payroll and an all-star at every position, who counted those, uh, I mean, literally, who counted the votes? Maricopa County, Arizona? Sports writers did this. So what do you expect? At least they got the Rookie of the Year right in Michael Harris the second. Spencer Strider came in second. And uh, that's good news for the Braves right there. So every once in a while, the <clears throat> blind pigs find a truffle at the Sports Writers Union, whatever they want to call themselves, A whatever. The Braves have gotten the right-hander Dennis Santana from the Rangers, a lot of trades with the Rangers, uh, in exchange for cash. Yeah, you can still use that today. They have designated reliever Jackson Stevens for assignment. I hope they find someplace for him because Jackson was a great story last year and a great guy. Santana was in 63 games for Texas last year. Had a, oh boy, 5.22 earned run average in 58-plus innings. He has a sinker-slider combo. And according to Mark Bowman of MLB.com, has done a good job of limiting hard contact, except for last year's 5.22 ERA, i point out. Stevens filled a variety of roles with the Braves this year, but was mostly the multi-inning option in the mop-up situations, had a 3.69 ERA and over 53 innings himself. In fact, well, he had less than uh, Santana did. Meanwhile, Philly slugger Bryce Harper is going to have surgery to repair that torn UCL in his throwing elbow, the right one, which plagued him most of the season and made him DH. No timetable on his return, so could miss a little bit of next season as well. Uh, former Braves outfitter Jock Peterson has accepted a qualifying offer from the Giants. Still no word about Dansby Swanson and what's going to happen. Tell you the truth, I'm feeling more and more pessimistic. That can change from day to day, but right now, uh, I'm thinking it's like 40-60 they resign, re-sign him, and that's, uh, that's down from 60-40 that they sign him. College football news, the sad thing coming up there in Virginia here is Christopher Darnell Jones Jr., the suspected gunman in the shooting Sunday night, left three Virginia football players dead, another wounded, and other people hurt, was aiming at people he was not shooting randomly on the charter bus. That's according to a witness, a passenger on the bus. Said they were turning from a class field trip in Washington, D.C., also told police that Jones shot and killed Cavaliers receiver Devin Chandler while Devin was sleeping. He may, may never have known what was happening. Uh, there's a case status hearing for December 8th. Jones, now get this. you got to wonder why Jones is, was on the streets and why he was on that bus, because check this out. Previously been convicted on a misdemeanor charge of having a concealed weapon in Chesterfield, Virginia, back in June of 2021. Find $100 given a 12-month suspended sentence. A judge also issued a three-year good behavior bond in that case, and the judge ordered Jones to forfeit the firearm. At the time of that arrest, Jones also had outstanding warrants on misdemeanor hit-and-run property damage and reckless driving chargers in Petersburg, Virginia, also 2021. Convicted in October of that year, and that judge also issued a 12-month suspended sentence on each of those charges. Does anybody go to jail anymore? Junior receiver Lavelle Davis Jr. of Dorchester, South Carolina, and junior defensive end linebacker Deshaun Perry of Miami also were killed in the shooting. Running back Mike Hollins of Baton Rouge is hospitalized after being shot in the back. I think he may have been the one they took the bullet that was lodged in his stomach. He's supposed to make a full recovery. A fifth person on the bus, Virginia student Marley Morgan, a female, was also shot. She's in good condition. Um, ESPN said this morning, that Jones allegedly said something to the effect of, you guys have been messing with me for a long time, 
before he opened fire. You got to wonder if this was a bullying situation or maybe he just thought it was. Maybe the guys were writing him about something. You got to I don't think he was any he was on the team any longer. He was on there in like 2018 or something like that. He, he obviously knew the guys, I guess. But why was he on that bus? Why was he on that field trip? Maybe I guess it was part of the student thing or whatever, but it just seems I don't know. It's just an ugly story all around, a sad story. Uh, the Cavs game against Coastal Carolina this Saturday in Charlottesville has been canceled, which is the right thing to do. Uh, switching gears here, the College Football Playoff Committee kept the same teams on top. UGA, Ohio State, Michigan, and Texas Christian in the top four. Tennessee, number five. I have Michigan ahead of Ohio State, at least until they play. <laughs> if LSU wins the SEC, it can make history as the first two-loss team to make the playoff. That won't happen because Georgia's going to wax them. Uh, Boo Corrigan, the committee chairman, says they believe there has been separation with Georgia. Tennessee could become the fifth team to make the playoffs without winning a conference title and the third not to even win its division. The SEC has had multiple teams make it twice, including last season when Georgia beat Bama to win the national title. Without a championship, the Vols will face greater scrutiny by the selection committee, and they'll be hoping that impressive wins against the Crimson Tide and LSU will win the debate against a Power 5 conference champion. I don't know. We'll see. So you got Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU, and Tennessee. That's what I have, my top five. Not in that order, though. Uh, they got LSU, sixth, and Southern Cal, Alabama, Clemson, and Utah. Now, I have Utah ahead of Alabama, but when I thought about that uh, the next morning, I, I switched it. So Alabama, to me, is now ahead of Utah. Uh, but uh, let's see, uh, on the Pete poll, they got Penn State 11th, Oregon 12th, North Carolina 13th, and Ole Miss drops to 14th at 8-2. and two. And after that, it doesn't really matter who's where. Uh, USC is 9-1, and one, is now the Pac-12's highest-ranked team after Oregon lost. Uh, they can clinch a spot in their conference title game uh, this weekend with a win at UCLA. And you never know in that rivalry. And Oregon will face Utah, and another game will help determine who plays in the Pac-12 title game. TCU clinched a berth in the Big 12 championship with its win at Texas. Struggled a little bit, but they won it. The four lost Longhorns tumbled from number 18. They shouldn't even have been there uh, out of the top 25. Uh, so what else we got here? Oklahoma State also uh, popped back up. So that helps TCU because they beat them. What else we got here? Blah, 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 blah. The final top 25 will be released December 4th. No team that has been ranked outside the committee's top 10 at this point in the season has made the playoffs. The lowest was Michigan State back in 2015 and Oklahoma in 2019. Both were ranked ninth. Two lost Bama is number eight, as I said earlier. Georgia is back down to 20 commitments as Miami of Florida's Gulliver Prep four-star cornerback Daniel Harris has decommitted from Georgia on Monday. He's, he don't know what he's doing. He's, he's come and gone a, a hundred times, it seems. Penn State looks like they may pick him up, but Georgia is going to continue to recruit him as he, I think he committed to him once before and dropped out before. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Georgia has cornerback commitments from Phoenix City, Alabama, Central five-star A.J. Harris, Las Vegas Bishop Gorman four-star Justin Rett, and Charlotte, North Carolina, Providence Day School four-star Chris Peel. So they're doing okay. It's Don't feel sorry for them. Going to take another shot of the old overhaul here. Uh, that's my favorite rye whiskey, by the way. Old overhaul. It's cheap and it burns. I saw somebody do a... A review of the new Jack Daniels. I don't know how new it is. It was on YouTube. 
hell, it could be 10 years old, but now they've got out like something called a Frank Sinatra Select. And the guy was making fun of it, saying, Frank Sinatra drank Jack Daniels old number nine. He, was, he did not choose, he did not select this new bourbon they put out. But then he tried it, and he says, you know what? If you, you, you don't really sit around sipping Jack Daniels, do you? Jack Daniels is for just doing shots and drinking with, you know, rum and, not rum and Cokes, but Jack and Cokes. And that's what that's good for. It's a good party. You really want to get drunk and a hard drunk. By God, Jack Daniels is. A, a, a smoother version of that, you're still going to get hard drunk, is Jim Beam. I like Jim Beam uh, when I don't when I'm don't I want to take longer to get drunk. Back in my drink days, I don't drink anymore, except sip it. But if you want to sip a whiskey, this dude on YouTube who does his homework says this new Frank Sinatra Select, pretty good. It's pretty damn good for sniffing in the old. What did he call it? It was some kind of special glass. I wish I knew more about drinking whiskey. I just know how to drink it. I don't know what you put it in. It's some Glamorgan glass or something. He called it whatever to sniff it and everything. He says it's a good sipping whiskey, so check it out. This I was not reimbursed for this, by the way. I should be. Anyway, I was watching the great game in Toledo last night, and I mean that, between the Rockets and the Falcons of Bowling Green, separated by 25, they call it 25 miles of hate. <laughs> uh, BG jumped out to a 21-0 lead, only to see Toledo storm back in a storm and take the lead with under a minute to go it was uh, i'll tell you about the storm in a second bowling green strolled down the field with 55 seconds left and scored the winning touchdown with just five seconds left on the clock to leave the crowd in the glass city broken get it glass city broken. my point is it snowed it rained and it sleeted the entire contest it was a post office game great tv but why was falcons coach and i forget his name standing there with no cover on no hat, no cap, no raincoat. Just standing there looking like a drowned rat. Looking like a puppy standing out in the rain. Is that supposed to inspire his players? Because standing behind him, all his players were wearing helmets and hoodies. And nice warm hoodies at that. They were not getting rained on their bare head. What is this guy trying to prove? Can he survive pneumonia? I don't understand that. Put a hat on. It's uncomfortable to look at you freezing your ass off on the sidelines. Anyway. NFL news, Falcons head coach Arthur Smith says there is no quarterback controversy, no matter how much we the fans want one (laughs) and how much the media wants to stir it up. For once, the media and the fans are on the same page. Marcus Mariota will continue to be the starting quarterback, no matter how much he continues to suck at his craft. He's obviously still under the delusion, Arthur Smith is, that they can make the playoffs. So no Desmond Ritter, at least for now, which is very disappointing. Of course, the last time I wrote the Falcons off, they went on that winning streak. So what, what do I know? Broncos outside linebacker and special teams player Aaron Patrick is suing a slew of organizations, including the Chargers, the NFL, and ESPN after tearing his ACL last month. He filed the lawsuit in California yesterday morning. He's also suing SoFi Stadium <laughs> for negligence. Uh, October 17th, Monday Night Football, we all watched it. Chargers and Broncos, Patrick tried to tackle uh, the Chargers punt returner, DeAndre Carter. Patrick stepped on the rubber mats covering the cables leading to the league's replay monitor. The linebacker could be seen trying to avoid colliding with the NFL's TV liaison called a green hat uh, because they're wearing a green hat, hence the name. And according to the press release on the lawsuit, he did ultimately collide with the individual and his foot rolled while he was on the mat. 
Here's what the, what the uh, suit says. Upon stepping on one of the mats, Patrick's cleats became lodged in the mat and or the cords cables running underneath it and caused his left knee to contort, causing him to fall awkwardly. Patrick is now out for the remainder of the season. Because of this incident, he's suing for both non-economic and monetary damages. Don't know how much he's asking for. Uh, his lawyer says player safety should be the foremost of importance. The NFL is a multi-billion dollar sports enterprise and business, and it needs to do everything possible to protect its players from non-contact game injuries. As for Patrick, SoFi Stadium was built at a $5 billion expense, so they should have had enough money to have state-of-the-art equipment to protect the players. And here's my favorite part, and not use the type of $100 mats that you expect to see in a restaurant kitchen. <laughs> You all have seen those if you worked at a restaurant or behind a bar. It, it keeps you from slipping. But you can catch your feet on them. If you're wearing cleats, you can easily catch your feet on them and twist your leg. There is a precedent in this case for all you lawyers out there. Former running back Reggie Bush tore his lateral meniscus after he slipped on a concrete uh, slip at St. Louis's Edward Jones Dome. I've talked about this before. We called it the Bat Cave. It was outside of the Silver Dome in Pontiac, the worst dome I've ever been in. Uh, Reggie did that during the 2015-16 season, which cut his season short. He sued the St. Louis Rams, ultimately got $12.4 million. And he must have blown it because now he's making a fool of himself doing Wendy's commercials, which they were funny up until the point where they made him put a bag on. And that's just embarrassing. Meanwhile, Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers says all stadiums should have a natural grass surface, but he doesn't see the cheap owners paying for it. Matthew Stafford's wife, who has had to deal with a, a, a brain operation of her own that was successful, thank God, uh, sees her husband in concussion protocol and says, this is ridiculous. And we talked about it on the Kimmer Show. I, I remember Three River Stadium in Pittsburgh. I love the people up there, but that stadium was a pit. A veteran stadium in Philadelphia. They literally just poured this astroturf, like painted it on top of concrete. I don't know how those players survived. I don't know how any receiver jumped up in the air to catch a ball because you came down with people landing on top of you. It was like playing in your driveway that someone had thrown a welcome mat over. And you, the new stadiums, I mean, they're softer, but they're still hard when you hit. There's still concrete underneath. There are stadiums, including Arizona and over in Europe, where they grow the grass outside and they slide it in for the games. We'll see what happens. This is where the players' union should be stepping in, but... Uh, meanwhile, Chris Mad Dog Russo is not having Bill Cower attack new Colts coach Jeff Saturday. Here's a Mad Dog's quote about Cower. And I can't do his voice, so I won't even try. The great Bill Cower, who got his job without working in Milwaukee. The great Bill Cower is annoyed that Jeff Saturday got a head coaching job. It's an insult to the profession. Pipe down. You know what's an insult to the profession? That you're walking into the CBS set and you never worked a day in your life in broadcasting. Never a day, never a day. How much experience does Cower have? Um, he got a job at CBS. What, did he go to Racing, Wisconsin, and I missed it? What did he do? Did he broadcast football games in Idaho to master his craft before CBS put him on the pregame show? So let me get this straight. Radio stations and TV stations and networks, they can hire people who have no experience whatsoever, where you got a bunch of people working their rear ends off making nothing, and they can't get their foot in the door, yet Cower wins a Super Bowl, does nothing after that, decides he wants to be a broadcaster. End quote. Others responded by saying, well, it's different with Cower because he's an analyst, not a play-by-play -play or anchor guy. 
But Mad Dog does make a good point, in my opinion. And I here's my main problem with the broadcasting thing, is they keep hiring the retreads over and over and over again, even the ones that suck. And you know there are people out there in Racine, in Idaho, in Biloxi, uh, Macon, Tulsa, working their butts off that can do a better job, and they don't get it because they they don't all have the same agent. They don't all have all the same friends. They didn't go to Syracuse or Northwestern or any of that other stuff. And it's just a shame. This country is no longer a meritocracy. In some ways it never was, but in most ways it was. It, it's all about, frankly, who you know nowadays. And it's yeah, and the country's working so well doing that, isn't it? Anyway, I have to wonder how the media, this is another situation here, not Bill Cowher, especially ESPN, would be handling this Brittany Griner problem if the president was a Republican. Not to get political here, but I will for a second because you know I'm right. Brittany Griner has been stuck in a Russian prison for months now with no hope in sight for a release for a minor crime. Yet we only hear reports about her every once in a while. Imagine if Trump was president. We'd be getting daily lectures on ESPN and other media outlets that he was letting her wallow over there, breaking rocks because he hates gay people, or he's homophobic, or he doesn't care. Meanwhile, Biden gets away with releasing a statement every blue moon about how he's doing his best. His people are working on it. Sorry, bud. Your best, as in all things you touch, Joey, just ain't good enough. At this point, it's time to bring Brittany Griner home. And remember, Trump got those UCLA kids out of China in a week. How long has Brittany been over in Russia? And as long as we keep funneling uh, billions of dollars, we just sent 34 more billion over to them. Uh, we have no idea where the money's going. Well, except when it went to FTX, which was funneled back to the Democrats for the midterm elections. But other than that, and by the way, to not leave the Republicans out of this, Mitch McConnell also and those people, they also had a hand in the cookie jar, too, of the Ukrainian. The, U- Ukraine, and I, I hope they win the war. I hope they stay free. And we should help them. But this is ridiculous at this point. Come on. Ukraine has been for quite a while probably the biggest money laundering scheme in the history of mankind. Uh, Good to hear Dick Vitale back on college basketball games last night with Dan Shulman. Uh, The Kentucky game, they lost in double overtime to Michigan State, unranked Michigan State, I believe, which was kind of weird. Anyway, uh, Kentucky doing what they always do, uh, play well, and then Jeff Calipari screws it up, and that's what he does. If he doesn't win big this year, I don't know. Those, those people up there, the Wildcats, are not happy, and I don't blame them. By the way, Dan Shulman, uh, this happened a month or so ago, but I'm just now hearing it or seeing it. Dan Shulman does a great job broadcasting everything, including baseball. Well, he's no longer going to do baseball on ESPN. He's going to do do full-time play-by-play for the Blue Jays because he's from there. That's his home. He wants to do that, but he's going to continue to do college basketball. So it's going to be a shame. But the good thing is that uh, – uh, Shambi, John Shambi is going to take his place on the ESPN broadcast on baseball, and that's that's very good because he's very good too. Even if we did get into a tiff once on Twitter, uh, the Hawks host the Celtics tonight here in Atlanta. That's going to be on ESPN. That's a pretty big game. Meanwhile, former NBA All Star Tim Hardaway appeared as an analyst on the Warriors TV broadcast Monday night. I hope you caught it because you'll probably never see him again there because he made a reference to rape. The NBC Sports Bay Area featured a run TMZ takeover broadcast Monday night. So they brought in uh, Tim Hardaway, Chris Mullen, and Mitch Richmond. 
But during the second quarter of Golden State's game against the Spurs, Draymond Green made a defensive play that prompted Hardaway to say the following, and I quote, Y'all thought that was great? I thought that was just raping them. I think you should call the police on that, end quote. There were some awkward chuckles from the rest of the broadcast crew in response to his analysis. Then they attempted to move on quickly. But, of course, social media never moves on. So the Basketball Hall of Famer issued a brief apology during the fourth quarter of the broadcast. So now I know it is senior, not junior, because junior's not in the Hall of Fame. Here's what he said. Hey, everybody. I used a poor choice of words earlier in the broadcast. I want to apologize for that, and let's get back to the game, and let's finish this game off with a 30-point win and go home happy. Amazingly, at that very instant, Nick Castellanos hit a grand slam. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's got three balls, two strikes on him. Let's get back to the game. I love that. I want to apologize for that, and let's get back to the game. Monday night was the first time they featured the three together in the broadcast, and it'll be the last. It's not the first time Hardaway has stepped in it. In 2007, on the Dan Lebetard show, he said, uh, yes, I am homophobic. Quote, I hate gay people, so I let it be known, end quote. It took 15 years for him to apologize for that. That was uh, right before his induction ceremony at the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. And guess who he blamed? Not himself for saying it. He blamed the church for instilling those thoughts in him. So my question is, did the church also instill your thoughts about rape in your head too, Timmy? I'm just saying. Who hasn't? We, okay, we've all made jokes. Hell, Blazing Saddles has one of the funniest rape jokes of all time in it, which we have repeated from time to time. Uh, that's where I got it from, the, from Mel Brooks and Richard Pryor. But there's context, and I don't think it's one thing to say it on a silly podcast. It's another thing to say it live on the air on NBC even if it's a local telecast there. Just saying. On this day, November 16, 1924, uh, the Bulldogs lose. That's right. The Cleveland Bulldogs lose 12-7 to the Frankfurt Yellow Jackets. So the Bulldogs lost to the Yellow Jackets at Dunn Field in Cleveland, which ended, or Frankfurt, I don't know where it was. It ended a 31-game undefeated streak for the Cleveland Bulldogs. That is an NFL and Major League Football record. That's a good trivia question. Uh, 1957. Uh, in fact, you can t- twist this around in the bar. You can say, what game when the Bulldogs lost to the Yellow Jackets ended the Bulldogs' record run of 31 undefeated games in a row? And, of course, they're going to be thinking Georgia, Georgia Tech. And then you got him. 1957, uh the Boson Celtics, according to this, not the Boston, the Boson Celtics center Bill Russell set the NBA record 49 rebounds as they beat the Philadelphia Warriors at Boston Gardens 111-89. Also on that same day in 57, uh, Oklahoma football NCAA win streak ended at 47. Not a good day for win streaks in football. They lost 7-0 to Notre Dame at Oklahoma's Memorial Stadium at Benny Owen Field. 1959, uh, Boston business executive Billy Sullivan is awarded eighth and final franchise of the developing American Football League, the AFL. They later were called the Boston Patriots. And by the way, I saw one of the old logos on a truck driving uh, in from the Kimmer podcast today. They had the old, where you had the guy in the Minuteman outfit bending over to hike the ball. Everybody loves that emblem except old Patriots fans because all they do is associate that with losing. (laughs) 
1962, the San Francisco Warriors center Wilt Chamberlain scored 73 points in a win over the Knicks at Madison Square Garden. 1969, President Nixon, the first president to attend a seasonal NFL game while in office as the Cowboys beat the Redskins 41-28. 1986, the 36th NASCAR Cup Championship, Dale Earnhardt. 1997, the 47th NASCAR Championship, Jeff Gordon. 2003, the 55th NASCAR Championship, Matt Kenseth. And in 2008, the 60th NASCAR Championship, Jimmy Johnson. And in 2014, Kevin Harvick, driving for Stuart Haas Racing, wins the Ford Echo Boost 400 at Homestead Miami Speedway to claim his first NASCAR championship by one point over Ryan Newman. 2021, men's roller derby team settles dispute with the, the Cleveland Indians, allowing both teams to use the Cleveland Guardians name. Who would want to, but they both do. By the way, the Guardians is a perfect name for roller derby. I just, I will never see them as the Guardians. I'm sorry. They will always be the Indians to me. Birthdays, 1931, Frank Bowling, second baseman, an all-star back in the 60s, a gold glove award in 58 for the Tigers, also played for the Milwaukee and Atlanta Braves, born in Mobile, died a couple years ago. 1946, Jojo White, damn good player, won Olympic gold in 1968 for the U.S. of A., in Mexico City, born in St. Louis, Missouri, died in 2018. JoJo White was one of those guys, along with Spencer Hayward and Dan Issel, that sugar daddies used to, those, remember those long sucker, caramel suckers? They used to have really long, because they were tall players, basketball players, basketball cards. And uh, I always got JoJo White, Dan Issel, or Spencer Hayward. Uh, 1956, Terry Labonte was born, NASCAR driver. I told you a couple years ago when I was driving around uh, – the Outer Banks, right before you, it was very near the uh, Marine Base up there. Is that Camp Lejeune? Is that the one that has all the water problems? Anyway, uh, driving by there, and there's an old raceway there, and Terry Labonte races there. It's just for fun, I guess. Maybe he owns it. 1959, Corey Pavin was born. Golfer when the U.S. opened in 95. Born in Oxnard, California. Very religious man from what I remember. Dwight Gooden was born on this day. What day was this? 1964. Four-time All-Star, nationally Cy Young winner. Uh, let's see, Triple Crown in 1985 for pitching with the Mets. Had a no-hitter in 96 for the Yanks. Born in Tampa. And he says uh, he made huge mistakes when he was in free agency. He should never have left this team or gone to this team or whatever. I didn't, didn't read the story, but I saw the headline. Kimmer asked me, is he in the Hall of Fame? I'm like, no, and he never will be. Should have been. Drugs. 1978, Eric Crouch won the Heisman Trophy in 2001 for the Cornhuskers, played for the Packers, the Toronto Argonauts of the Canadian Football League, born in Omaha. 1982, Amari Stoudemire, basketball player, born in Lake Wales, Florida. Uh, I think he was a big star with the Suns, I think. Uh, dead people on this day. What is today? What is today? Yeah, the 16th. 1979, Burt Baston. College Football Hall of Fame in for the Golden Gophers, dead at the age of 84. 1987, we lost Jim Brewer, a relief pitcher, won a World Series in 65 with the Dodgers, was an all-star in the 70s for the Dodgers, died of injury, suffered from a car accident. He was just 50. And in 2017, we lost Ferdy Pacheco, a doctor and corner man for Muhammad Ali, 
boxing analyst for NBC and Showtime, dead at the age of 89. And one big wedding on this day, November 16, 1996, golf champ Phil Mickelson was 26 when he married Amy McBride. And I believe they are still married. And I will not talk about the rumors. Let's see. What else we got here? We'll talk about Pete's tweets. That's where we are right now, aren't we? I think so. By the way, I stopped off on the way home at Trader Joe's. And I was walking around <laughs> carrying a very heavy basket. And I pulled a stomach muscle carrying a grocery basket. And it hurts like a, it looks like someone stabbed me in my left abdomen. And thank goodness it's that side, because if it was the other side, I'd be thinking I ruptured my appendix. How embarrassing is it to pull something where you're carrying a grocery basket? And I don't know why I told you that. I shouldn't have told you that. Now I feel bad. What else we got here? Dun, 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 dun. Buh, buh, buh. Uh, Brett McMurphy says, The Power 5 teams that have been eliminated from bowl contention because they have seven or more losses, including Arizona State, Boston College, Cal, Colorado, Indiana, Nebraska, Northwestern, Stanford, Texas A&M, Virginia, and Virginia Tech. Power 5 teams in the preseason AP Top 25 now eliminated? Texas A&M. Mm-mm-mm. What else we got here? Uh, NFL Update says that Tom Brady is the first quarterback to win an NFL game in three countries outside of the United States. Mexico, England, and Germany. Hmm. The Babe Ruth gloves sold for $1.5 million in auction. Wow. Barrett Sully of CBSSports.com put out a Twitter poll. Should Carnell Williams be the top tier of candidates to take over the full-time job at Auburn? 51% said yes. All right there. Uh, let's see. Samantha Steele Ponder asked the question, the guys who slap players in the helmet after they have an apparent head injury, explain yourselves. <laughs> I've always wondered that myself. If I'm sitting there with a concussion, my, my bell is ringing, and someone comes up and slaps me on the head. It's like, what the? Oh, what else we got here? More cat videos from Flounder's house. That's not, uh, that's not sports. Uh, Greg Price says the Eagles are now 0-1 since Pennsylvania elected John Fetterman. Coincidence? <laughs> All right, what else we got here? Uh, MLB Pipeline. The Braves have added three prospects to their 40-man roster. Uh, Braden Shoemake could be your shortstop of the future. Darius Vines and Rodri Munoz. Uh, Dansby Swanson rejected his QO. I think we talked about that, so the Braves will get a draft pick if he does. Uh, the Australian Open has decided to be uh, human beings again and let uh, Djokovic back in the country to defend his his uh, Australian Open that he should have won last year, but they wouldn't keep him in because they're a bunch of, well, pussies. Uh, they had banned him for three years because he refused to take the uh, the shot that doesn't work. Oh, well, it works. If you want myocarditis, it works. Uh, anyway, so he's going to be allowed back in. What else we got here? Oh, resume comparison. Okay, let's look at the volunteers. Their strength of record right now is third. They have five AP-ranked wins. Clemson, strength of record, eighth in the country. They have three AP-ranked wins. Southern Cal, strength of record, tenth. They have zero ranked wins and North Carolina is 11th of strength and record zero AP ranked wins in fact the Tar Heels have not played an AP ranked opponent this season 
Here's something that, that threw me off guard. I didn't know about this. The Royals have released renderings of a potential new ballpark in downtown Kansas City. It's kind of a shame because that's one of the beautiful parks they have there, Kauffman Stadium and everything with the waterfalls. But I'm looking at these, these drawings, these drawings. It looks a lot like the surrounding area will be like the Braves have at Truist Park with the big, big modern buildings and everything. But the, the ballpark looks fantastic. So, hmm. What else we got here? Oh, I was sitting here at midnight last night, and I heard a commotion out in the parking lot. And these two guys, at midnight, it was 30 degrees, out there boxing with boxing gloves on for 30 minutes, knocking the crap out of each other. It was. I pulled up a chair. I watched. It was, it was very entertaining. Uh, Larry Zonk Zonka went on social media to lift a glass of whiskey to thank the Washington Com- Commanders. As in 2020, when you knocked the Steelers out, I'm a Washington fan tonight. Hashtag 72 Dolphins undefeated, 50 years strong. <laughs> uh, Justin Verlander is reportedly seeking a deal similar to Max Scherzer's three-year $130 million contract. Good luck with that. I don't think he's going to get that. Uh, according to ESPN, Mexico City is now a legit contender to get an NBA expansion team. What do you think about that? Hmm. Uh, former Yankees outfitter Jack Reed passed away uh, November 10th. Played for three seasons in the early 60s. Uh, Dick Vitale said last night, I think college basketball does an injustice for itself starting the season so early. I really believe it should start right after Thanksgiving. People are football crazy now. He's got a point. I agree. Uh, what else we got? According to The Score, who keeps track of this, according to Twitter, Kyrie Irving is now the most hated NBA player in the United States. He's hated from Maine to Florida, <laughs> uh, basically. Uh, the, uh, the only state that don't hate Kyrie, Pennsylvania hates Ben Simmons. Ohio hates Kevin Durant. Uh, Arizona hates Draymond Green. And a good portion of the West and part of the South, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Arkansas, Oklahoma, and Texas, hate LeBron. <laughs> That's an interesting thing to keep track of. All right, this date in uh, baseball history, November 16, 1912. In failing health, Giants president John T. Brush dies aboard a train en route to California. It was in his private car. Harry Hempstead, his son-in-law, takes over the club. November 16, 1961, using blue and orange, the team colors of the departed Dodgers and Giants, the Mets unveiled the franchise's logo selected from over 500 entries. Uh, for $1,000, the winner got. Sports cartoonist Ray Gatto's winning entry uh, displays a skyline representing all five boroughs with various iconic symbols of the Big Apple. It's kind of busy. 1962, Lou Perini sells the Braves to the Chicago-based LaSalle Corporation, uh, led by William Bartholomew. The Braves were sold for $6.2 million. Uh, 1979, a former Red and Expo infielder Tony Perez signs as a free agent with the Red Sox. 2005, in a close vote, the baseball writers select Albert Pujols as the National League MVP, beating out Brave center fielder Andrew Jones 378 to 351. I want to recount. November 16, 2007, after five years in the wilderness, the Mets. Tom Glavin returns to the Braves, an $8 million one-year deal at 41 years old, two-time Cy Young winner, 
left in 2002 when uh, his negotiations with idiot uh, team president Stan Kasten got acrimonious. And that's why he left, because Stan Kasten was a dick. And he is still a dick. And he probably always shall remain a dick. He's now a Dodger dick. 2009, Wally Backman, hired by the Metropolitans to manage their Brooklyn Cyclones, the farm team. Uh, they, he played a pivotal role in the 1986 World Series Championship Club, was hired and fired to be the Diamondback skipper in 2004. He had been arrested twice, had financial difficulties, and other things. 2010, the Marlins traded Dan Ugla to the Braves for infielder Omar Infante and lefty Mike Dunn. Huh. Uh, Dan Ugla was not the player in Atlanta that he was in Miami. He had hit 287 with 33 homers and 105 RBIs. The only thing he did here in Atlanta, he had a hitting streak, and that was all I can remember. He struck out a lot. Too muscle-bound. 2012 at Bush Stadium, the Cardinals unveiled an alternate home Saturday jersey. Features the word St. Louis in script on the front for the first time in eight decades. The Redbirds also announced the team will wear red hats on the road instead of navy, and their logo will have more detailed Cardinals on the bat. Thanks to Saturday Down South, ESPN, on this day.com, National Pastime, 24-7 Sports, SI.com, MLB.com, and AwfulAnnouncing.com for all the help putting this together today. I really do. And, of course, you, for listening, just go to FarmhousePrintingCo.com for all your T-shirt needs. Uh, let's see if we missed anything today. Nick Martinez has a new deal with the Padres, $26 million, three years. Do, 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 do. What else we got? Not seeing a lot coming out. Mm. Several Panthers players want quarterback Sam Darnold to get his chance to play, according to NFL rumors. Uh, didn't he have his chance a couple times? Blue Jays uh, traded Teoscar Hernandez, their outfielder, to Seattle for some guys. And the Blue Jays are also interested in Brandon Nimmo because they got to replace Hernandez now. The, the Mariners are trying to catch up with the firepower the Astros have. Good luck with that. What else we got? Uh, oh, cute puppy photos. Anyway, sorry. I'm a sucker for puppies. I'm not seeing anything else. Let's go to ESPN, and then we'll disappear till Friday, the good Lord willing. Unless, of course, this really is appendicitis, and I'll be doing it from my hospital bed. Just kidding. Molly Chine. And I don't see anything really worth talking about, to tell you the truth. All right, everybody have a good rest of the week, and drink up, Shriners.